Today, I'm joined by Madhu Punjabi and Nisha Patak, co-founders of the skincare line Lion Pose. Lion Pose is the leading advocate for more diversity in clinical skincare studies, and I cannot wait to learn more about the mission with you all. Hi, everyone, and welcome to Founded Beauty, a podcast dedicated to beauty entrepreneurs who built some of the biggest brands today and where we learn exactly how they did it. We'll cover some of the most intimate stories, their path to success, and how they overcame the obstacles along the way. I'm Akash Mehta, CEO and co-founder of Fable and Main, a modern hair wellness brand inspired by ancient Indian beauty secrets. Building Fable and Main has been an incredible journey so far, and I've decided to launch this podcast as a founder keen to learn and connect with fellow beauty brand founders around the world. I believe in collaboration over competition, as I'm using this platform as a way to hopefully help and inspire each other what can be quite a tough and lonely journey. So if you are an entrepreneur or you're simply just curious how to build a brand, this podcast is perfect for you. Now, without further ado, it's a delight to welcome our guests for today, Madhu and Nisha. They are the co-founders of Lion Pose, a clinical skincare line focused on treating skin conditions from hyperpigmentation to melasma. Having both worked at an infant formula company and recognizing their incredibly high clinical standards, Madhu and Nisha were shocked to learn the same didn't apply in the beauty industry. They felt frustrated with the lack of studies and products addressing skin concerns that commonly affect people of color and set out on a mission, Enter Lion Pose, a brand at the forefront for raising research standards, developed with Harvard-educated dermatologists and clinically tested in all skin types and tones. They were part of Sephora's 2022 Accelerator program and even caught the eye of Mindy Kaling, who joined the team as an investor and brand ambassador. From inclusivity and beauty to establishing new standards in the industry, there is so much to discuss today. So Madhu, Nisha, thank you so much for being with us. Thank you for having us. Thanks. What a wonderful intro. <laughs> well, thanks to you guys for doing wonderful things. <laughs> well, I, I do want to start with my question I ask all my guests. So I'll start with you, Madhu. Who in a nutshell is Madhu? Who are you? Oh, God, that's such a heavy question. Um, first and foremost, I'm a mom of two lovely kids. They're two and five years old, Layla and Asher. And, you know, before this, just like on a journey of entrepreneurship. So spent my entire life working or thinking about building businesses. You know, my family came from a lineage of entrepreneurs. And when they came to the United States, my parents, my dad followed in that footstep. And honestly, I was very scared to start my own business. Like, for the longest time, because I saw the ups and downs, like my dad, you know, was successful at one point and then not, and I would see the roller coaster. And so all I wanted in my life was stability, but then it got to this point where I was pregnant with my first daughter and I was like, what am I going to do? Tell her not to follow her dreams. You know, like I have to follow my dreams. I have to start something. And so, you know, second, I really consider myself an entrepreneur. I left my job and had no idea what I wanted to do. Uh, started working on an infant formula company. Nisha joined me shortly after that. And we've been building businesses ever since. So that's who I am. Amazing. And Nisha, who are you in a nutshell? I know this is such a tough question to answer. I think (laughs) Madhu and I are both taken by surprise, but we love it. Honestly, for me, I am a fellow mom. Um, I have a daughter named Rhea. I had a really kind of, I think, twists and turns kind of journey throughout my career, especially starting in finance um, in New York and 
switching then, you know, post business school where I met Madhu into tech and then realizing actually that there were all these incredible founders, especially in the Bay Area, starting, you know, businesses that they cared so deeply about. And I think my biggest challenge actually was that I didn't have something that I was so passionate about that was allowing me to sort of take that leap um, into entrepreneurship myself until I actually, I was working at Indiegogo, which uh, is the crowdfunding company. And at the time I just saw all these businesses who were not doing super well. And it's not necessarily because of crowdfunding or not because of crowdfunding. It's just that they were so early stage and they were building physical product companies, right? Where they had to invest so much in just building the thing that they were delivering that they would just, you know, they would spin their wheels and and a lot of them went out of business kind of at that early stage. And I think I said, I have this unique visibility into why people are failing, where I want to sort of take that, you know, to my own experience and try to turn it into a success. And so I actually actively went out and started seeking early stage startups. And and Mother's Infant Formula Company was the one I came across where I said, I could really get behind this. I can get behind clean and organic products for our kids, you know, and it was a very easy leap for me to make from very stable job into very early stage startup, especially knowing that it was mothers as well. And, and we had known each other for so long. So um, I think that's that was my first foray into the really early stage startup land. And then when we were ready to move on to the next thing, it was a no brainer that we would do it together. I have to ask, what, what is it like already? Just like the top line, like having a co-founder and you can both ask, answer in different ways, I guess. I'm, yeah. I'm just going to say like, in addition to that story, she made me emotional, yeah. but in oh, addition to oh, that story, oh. it's like, uh, she, I remember she came to me and like, we went to Harvard business school together. So I was like, there's no way anyone from my class is going to want to do what we're doing. Like, it's so, you know, bare bones. You're not making that much money. It's there's no benefits. It was like, <laughs> you know what startup life is like. It's really yeah. bare bones. I was like, yeah. all these guys are gonna want to work at like Morgan Stanley and like McKinsey and stuff like that. And when Nisha came to me and she's like, No, I want to work at this company. And I was like, No, you don't. <laughs> it's like, no, 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 go get a job at Google or Facebook. Like, go do your big thing because that's what you're going to do. And she's like, no, I really want to do this. And um, I almost didn't believe her. Um, and then when she, when she came on, she was like, I mean, she, like literally she was like my rock. And, you know, that was our first business kind of working together. And then it was just this natural segue into this next one when we, when we had to pivot and we'll get into that. But yeah. Um, there is no way we could have built this without each other. Like yeah. together, we, I feel like together we are one because, you know, you need so much help uh, when you're building a business. And as, as moms, we don't have the 24 hours around the day. Like, so it's like together we are one founder. Right. And so I think there's, there's just so much also fun that we can have. Like some days when you're feeling like, where are we going? You can at least talk to each other about it and you have somebody to like ideate with. Um, I think that's been really incredible for me. Nisha, yeah. I'm curious what you hear. I mean, what's so funny is when I was joining you in Infant Formula, I think at the time you were hiring like an ops manager. I think that's the role that was listed <laughs> on Ageless. <laughs> and I remember you were like, have you done operations before? And I was like, nope. <laughs> And I, and I was like, I've done finance. I can do spreadsheets. 
was like, I'm a statistician. My background is that useful, you know? And I think um, the funniest thing about it is that, I mean, everything before that, I had definitely dabbled in multiple different functions at companies too. Like I have probably like the, the worst traditional resume out of anyone that I know because it was just like, I did finance and then I did BD and then I did, you know, I did product marketing for a hot second in the middle there. Um, and so it was just like a little bit of everything. And I think that's also the beauty of finding yourself then in entrepreneurship when you're that type of person and want to do like a little bit of everything. The fact that she was originally hiring for an ops person didn't phase me because I just said, like I know the the hard skills I can do well, and I know that you know if you need someone analytical and you need someone who's going to be meticulous, like I can do that. But I think what was so fun is that I came in in that like very operations focused role. But as Madhu knows, like now the world is like a little bit of accounting, a little bit of finance, a little bit of ops. Like then there's the ops that also feeds into design and product development. <laughs> it's just like a little bit of everything, and that's perfect for me because I can't make up my mind. <laughs> Uh, and do you do you feel like um from that initial like idea of like lion pose to today like do you think as individuals like how how have you feel your journey has changed um in your mindset of being a co-founder because the 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 role of a co-founder when we start right is very different to the reality of what it is we're talking about it a bit before the podcast you know and you kind of mentioned it we're doing hundreds of roles but there is that sense of naivety at the beginning and then reality when you launch, right? What is like sort of your evolution as a co-founder and like today, where do you both sit in your real remits? So in the very beginning, when we had nothing, we literally just like had a piece of paper and an idea. (laughs) You know, we were doing everything together, coming up with the name together, coming up with the designs, you know, everything was together. And as you know, like when you grow, you just can't afford to do that. Like there was a time where Nisha and I were in every like strategic meeting together and it was just like, wait, we can't do this anymore. Right. Um, So we've naturally started to kind of split where our strengths lie. And it's funny because like we're actually very similar in a lot of ways. Mm -hmm. Um, But but then because you're forced to split, even the micro differences become important. And so, you know, Nisha's Nisha covers like finance operations because she's really good at that. Um, And I cover product, brand and marketing. Right. And so that's kind of how we've split. But the truth is, like, we always have opinions, you know, uh, for each other and need each other to weigh in. Um, That it's nice that both of us can understand those areas, but not have to be in it every day. So Lion Pose, the name. I'm really curious how the name came to be. So tell us a story. Yeah. So, okay. So we were coming up with lots of names. Nisha and I were in this, like, I remember we were in this WeWork conference room and started writing like 50 names down. I was actually a really big fan of the name acid. Cause I was like, we got to put active acids in our, you know, in our skincare and et cetera. And she's like, um, Madhu, I don't think anybody wants to be putting straight acid on their face. Maybe we should consider another name. And then, so then I started, you know, then we started thinking out of the box, like we put all these things down. And then that morning I happened to do uh, a lion pose with my daughter. So my daughter is, you know, my first, and I am very uh, conscious of like her needing to be brave um, because I just, I just wasn't. And so in the mornings we do the lion pose um, and she got it from this book of yoga poses. And so, you know, what, an interesting thing about the lion pose is that it's, it's, I mean, it's kind of crazy. It's like, ah, like that. <laughs> and 
it removes the restrictions from your throat so you can bring out your voice. And that's part of, you know, the brave piece of it. And so when we were thinking about the brand, we were thinking about, well, clinical studies and how lots of skin tones are not represented in the skin in the clinical studies. How do we bring out the voices of others that have been lost um, in these studies? And lion pose just seemed to stick. Besides that, there were no trademark issues. So let's be real. <laughs> which, is, which is always an important one. We forget that. Like, especially in a beauty, imagine know. You know, the amount of beauty brands today. It's like, it's hard to get one that also like the Instagram handle, the website, there's so many things. Yes. Uh, <laughs> yeah. And it's yeah, a beautiful sure. name. Beautiful. And obviously I have a little bit of a connection with the fact that anything's got a big cat in there. Love the name. Uh, so, <laughs> so definitely True. personally very attached to the name. And also the branding, the orange, it's so vibrant. Like, How did you guys settle on the kind of creative direction of the packaging and, and the vibe and the energy of the brand? We looked at a lot of clinical skincare companies that exist, you know, in the world. And we were seeing a lot of similarities, I think, in the way that they were branding. One of the biggest ones being that it was typically a white or blue bottle, right? Very medical, very healthcare. Um, I think Kiehl's is always a great example of sort of the the very traditional like pharmaceutical look, right? That's still retail and consumer available, but um, that vibe was permeating, right? Most clinical skincare products. And I think one of the one of the areas where we really wanted to push that section of skincare on the clinical side was in a vibrant, beautiful color that stood out on people's shelves that made them excited to use the product every day. I mean, many of us love brands like Cetaphil and CeraVe and such, right? That again, it feels pharmaceutical, it feels drugstore, it feels like it's working. For us, it was really how do we bridge that balance between scientific, it works, putting the ingredients at the forefront, making sure people know what the product does, but with something that gets people equally excited about putting it on their vanity, putting it on display and showing it off to people. And so that's where we just got very excited. The second aspect of this is in choosing a bold color, it also represented many of the things that Lion Pose as a name represents to us, right? Is being bold, being brave, being sort of obnoxious, right? Um, About what we believe in and making sure everyone knows about it. And I think that really came through in our decisions on the overall branding for us. Yeah. And it's beautiful. And it's, and if it's just an ode to what's to come as a brand progresses, I'm really excited to see it develop in um, it's kind of brand, uh, DNA and and especially like when you think about things like end caps and pop-ups and all that stuff as it grows um I think it's going to be really a breath of fresh air in this space especially with the vibrancy um but I do want to talk a bit about product because no brand is without product so unspotted forex can you tell us about how to use this product what it does and why this is such an inspirational product for so many around the world Yeah, I'll tell you a little bit about the story of Unspotted, and then Nisha Mm. can tell you more about the details of the product. Um, So I grew up bleaching my skin. I know it's like super taboo to talk about this, but... uh, I I did the same, so... Did you really? No way! I I had... um, uh, and this we'll talk about and I can talk about yeah. now if you want. But like I, yeah. uh, I had a lot of issues with my skin color growing up just because I came from my mom is very fair. So growing yeah. up, you know, you had this like unfortunate, fair and lovely story. Yes. And then you had this, um, oh, like if you don't, if you go in the sun, like don't get tanned and you'll be correct. better looking if you were fairer. So I think for me, it was uh, quite 
sad to say that I was very up, ups, uh, unhappy with my skin tone. And uh, specifically when I had a, a, a connection to a, a fairer skin tone, so I was born very fair. My mum is very fair. So for me, you know, going to school, people used to be like, oh, you're, you're adopted. And I'm like, no, I'm not. Like, that's my mum by birth. Um, and they were like, oh, really? Like you're completely different, like, you know, like uh, skin tones. Yeah. So I did first you know um try all the things like um from bleaching from like uh in your you know the hairs of your skin to there was one really dark moment i'll share where i actually was looking at tablets online that actually change your skin that's actually like have severe side effects and i remember once buying it and then i i didn't actually take it thank god but like i was having it in my hand i was like crying at one point i was like oh my god why am i doing oh, this no. but i used to go in the shower like scrubbing and trying to be like it was such a problem like and i was so uh, unhappy now i can say this in such confidence because i'm so proud of my skin tone i, I think yeah. it's like so beautiful and i genuinely am not like convinced by this i i feel this but it's it's a shame that i don't want and i want to say this because so many people are born into this way of thinking sadly in our culture yes um but uh yeah i had that and i'm not someone who's very vanity focused so for me to still feel that way and and do things to change that it's quite concerning right so yeah, yeah. that's a little personal story there but oh my I gosh thank you so much for sharing it's like no, it's, it's a yeah. really painful thing to share I remember yeah. like when we started the brand with Sephora, Sephora was like, please talk about this story more. And I was like, I can't like, this is really hard for me to talk about. Cause it's like embarrassing, yeah. you know, like, um, just the fact and it's that it's not also who you are yeah. today. Right. So it's, 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 it's not, it's, it's like, you don't feel that's part of your DNA to revive it, but it is your story, which is important. Yeah. Share, I guess, and sometimes. I mean, there is, you know, sadly there is still like this voice in my head because you know, you grow up with the voice and if, if you've done, I do a lot of therapy. So like, if you've done therapy, you know, your voices in your head are like representing yeah. people in your life that yeah. gave you those thoughts and that projections onto exactly, you. Right? Yeah. Exactly. And so I still, so my daughter's darker than my son and I have a really tough time with it. Mm. Like, just like, you know, I, and I have to remind myself and I have to remind her, like, be proud of your skin. Yeah. And so I think this is like a, this is just like an epidemic that a lot of people don't talk about and it affects like 50% of the world, you know? Yeah. Um, wow, and I, I grew up, so. you know, at starting mm. at 10 years old, I'm sure you started really early, yeah. um, bleaching my skin. I went to, I went to India with my mom and, and then one of my aunts took me to a salon and like, they just like bleached my entire body, like every crevice wow. of my body. Right. And so learned that I need to just like go through this pain and you know, it like burns, um, burns. Be I mean, red. I've had even one bleach where it got me darker and that's the scariest because that's like, so you, you had hypopigmentation. I, wow. I had it once. Normally it was always quite effective, but once I had it and I remember crying and I was, my mom was so sad. Like I was like, Oh my God, you know, and it's when it's too strong for you. Um, that is yeah, we kept it on wild. Yeah. I had it. Yeah. I, yeah. Yeah. So this is the story of Unspotted because, you know, when, when we were thinking about this brand and interviewing people, a lot of people were struggling with dark spots, um, especially, especially like the moms that we used to service through our infant formula company, um, struggling with melasma, struggling with those changes. And my first thought was use bleach, right? Um, and of course I stopped using it because, um, it's terrible for you. And I finally learned this in my thirties, like, which is, which is crazy. It took that long to learn how bad bleach is for you. 
And so we were looking for bleach-free solutions to tackle dark spots that were clinically proven to work. So none of this like, you know, there's a lot of stuff on the internet that's like, this is going to work for dark spots. And trust me, I bought all of them and none of them worked. Um, And so we went to Harvard Derms and, you know, some people that we knew from um, our network and we were like, hey, what's proven to work? Like, what are the acids that are actually proven? Um, And then they told us, we worked with a lab to make this happen. And we were like adamant about absolutely no bleaching cream in this, right? Um, And so I'll let Nisha tell you about like what's in it because it's really exciting um, to talk about. Yeah. I mean, it's a really, it's a really unique blend of ingredients that we landed on. The the four major ones being the acids that, that, you know, we agreed with our dermatologists were the best ingredients for reducing, you know, the appearance of dark spots. And those are azelaic acid, glycolic acid, lactic acid, and tranexamic acid. Um, it's funny because, you know, when we go out and, and educate people about this product, those are a mouthful, right? So it's, it's very difficult to be like, bum, 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 remember all yeah. of those. And people are like, okay, like you're just yeah. in a lot of very difficult words. Um, and, and the best thing really to take away from it is that there's two acids that people are probably most familiar with, which is the glycolic and lactic, right? They're chemical exfoliators. It's really that when you apply those acids to your face every night, um, it does chemical exfoliation to the top layer of your skin that allows your skin to regenerate quicker, right? And the new fresh skin from underneath to surface faster. And that in in essence is basically exfoliating the dark spots that you might have on your face off of your face over time faster than your skin naturally would do that, right? That's the easiest way to describe it. And then the azelaic and tranexamic acid, the other two are what are called, and this is going to get very sciencey again, tyrosinase inhibitors. So essentially all of us have melanin in our skin. That melanin production obviously is different depending on person to person. But what happens is when your skin is over irritated, and actually Akash, I love that you told this bleaching story and especially the part about where the intensity of the bleach being left on too long actually made the skin darker. When skin is over irritated like that, and that can happen from obviously something as intense as bleach, but something as minute as a breakout, right? Is that it sends your melanin production into into overdrive and it and it causes the overproduction of melanin in that particular area, which is what's causing the scar or the spot or the melasma or whatever else is surfacing on your skin. And so the azelaic and tranexamic are essentially preventing that overproduction or oversupply happening in that area. So what's very cool about Unspotted, I think that's very different from other hyperpigmentation products on the market, is that it's not just doing the exfoliation part, right? It's not just exfoliating stuff that already exists off your face. It is also preventing new spots from arising. And I think that's the part where people are really seeing um, a huge difference in in their skin over time. And, you know, the results speak for themselves. I think, you know, myself having tried it, many in the community, you, you see the results so instantly. And you've obviously backed it up with clinicals, which we all love and need as a beauty enthusiast. But what are some of the highlights of people that have, you know, stories that people have shared with you in trying or using... Um, your product. Oh wow. We have like um we've had quite mm. a few people come to us and say nothing ever works. Thank you so much mm. for making something that actually works. Um so that's been that's been like overwhelmingly the biggest response other than the yeah. fact that you know people like the texture, they like that it's fragrance free. Um they love the bottle of course because it's you know it's pretty. Um but I think in terms of the biggest the biggest 
compliment that we have heard is that it works. And that's really what we wanted to do is not create a brand, yet another skincare brand that is just marketing claims and not, you know, backing it up. Everyone can say it works, but making it work is actually in the proof of testing it and real life testing it. And that's like the best validation. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I think one of the, one of the, um, most flattering stories I heard recently was actually a dermatologist who was breastfeeding the last four or five months, um, who started using it while she was breastfeeding. Like she actually looked at the ingredients and said, Oh, this is actually, you know, safe enough for me to use during this time as well. And was just so excited to see results during this time when your skin and hormones are just doing all sorts of things that you you wouldn't expect them to do. Um, and, and you're too scared to use so many other products out there because, you know, there's ingredients that people say you can't use during that time. And, and everybody's sort of scrutinizing their, their products in a way that they, they would never have done before. And, and she saw incredible results. And I think it was, it was just the fact that she's a derm. She was breastfeeding. She still used the product. She saw the results. It was sort of just this wonderful, you know, combination of things that just made us feel like, oh my gosh, we, we created yeah. something pretty And cool. then she bought 10. <laughs> to selling that's, her own practice. Yeah. That is so... That's that's we that's like, a cool. very humbling moment. You're like, okay, yeah. that's cool. You, yeah. If you're oh, German, uh, okay. uh, yeah. Oh gosh, yeah. now I have another story. So, um, yeah, <laughs> and another famous influencer. I don't know if she'll be comfortable with me saying this, but yeah. um, uh, you you would know who she is. And she she sent us a message and was like, "Hey, I went to I I we had actually already sent her product, but she gave it away to her grandma because she's like, my grandma has dark spots and melasma, like I don't, right? So. She gave it away to her grandma. She went to her derm in LA and she, and her derm was like, I recommend you use unspotted. And then she messaged us. She's like, Hey guys, do you mind sending me another one? Cause now my derm actually told me to use it. That is, it's like, so. I just needed to double, like, that's like a double, like double win. Like, you see? Right. <laughs> oh, that's amazing. And also that's a, it's also great now her and the grandma gets to enjoy it. Yeah, exactly. It. So it's, it's a, it's a, it's a double win. Um, but also I, I'm curious to hear it cause you know, Mindy, who is an amazing, just general, like an amazing person. She's obviously come on as an investor and a, and a sort of ambassador. Um, that obviously is not easy for you unless she really, truly loves and is enthralled by the product. Um, so is that something that you feel like all this great things from Mindy to also Sephora, Sephora Accelerate, it's all come from this product first? Because you launched with a single SKU, right? The brand is, of course, the brand. Mm-hmm. But uh products are sometimes stronger than brands at the beginning and then brands get built over time, um, which is a, which is a great thing. What do you think it was? Or do you think people first built this, the connection to the brand potential? Like it's, I mean, it's, it's a curious question, but. I think it was a bit of both. So when we, you know, our first interactions with Mindy and her team and Sephora and their team was about two, two and a half years ago. So it's been mm. quite a long time. Right. And we only launched this product six months ago. So, you know, when we were so early in the process at that time, when we were engaging, you know, both sets of people that we had very early versions of the product, but we had the vision for the product, which was, you know, 
derm recommended ingredients, heavy clinical testing, testing on all skin tones. So there sort of was, which is partly brand too, right? It's partly that ethos and and that set of values that we had, which was we were going to test all of our products across all skin tones. We were going to do this differently than other brands in the market. Um, and we were going to hopefully raise the standard, you know, for clinical testing across the board um, for skincare and beyond, hopefully. Um, and And I think it was the combo of those two things that really got both parties excited is that we were so, you know, adamant about our, our values and and goals for the business long-term. But then we had these early versions of the product that were working pretty darn well at that time. And so being able to share those out, even if they were in, you know, some janky white lab packaging, which they absolutely were in at the time (laughs) was still meaningful enough because they were able to still use it and see the results even themselves over the first couple of weeks of using it. Right. So, um, I mean, I'm honestly still shocked that by sending a product in such janky packaging that the goo spoke for itself at that time, right? Yeah. I mean, it's crazy to think about now. I think we know so much more now about the fact that packaging does sell product in many cases on the shelf and online. It just is what it is, right? People like pretty things. Um, but yeah. at the end of the day, you know, way back when we, we didn't really have that. We had some images of it, to be clear. So like there was a little yeah. bit of visual there, but, um, but not a ton physical to show. So it was, it was a wild time. Yeah. And I think, I think also that, that that's where, again, going to my intro where there is seriously a gap, there's a lot of skincare products out there, but as someone who's experienced and firsthand the stories that we're sharing today, I do feel I haven't found the solutions, you know, till Lion Post came around that who truly felt spoken to me with the right dermatologist and advice, um, but really targeting and do the work. And, and I think that's where I think it is a mix of yes, the janky lab sample with the product will enthrall people, but also there is a huge gap in the market for a brand like mm-hmm. this and where it can go. Um, and also you two, again, why I do this podcast is there has to be a connection to the founders behind it and uh, the trust in them. So yeah, I think it's an amalgamation of everything, right? Which is exciting. And um, I, I understand this because Sephora, you know, to be in the kitchen with them, to work really in advance on things with them, they have to believe in the potential in the future beyond just a single skew. Right. Um, so that's the exciting part, which now I want to talk about, you know, um, bearing in mind, we, everyone knows we record this a bit earlier, but the time this is released will be at a time where it can be, um, where some newness comes. So I think we'll plan this where there is some newness to be released. So I don't know if you can share anything right now of what's potentially available already or this week. Um, yeah. So we're super excited to launch a 100% mineral zinc based sunscreen. Um, that and I'm is, hearing this for the first time, guys. So I'm yeah, just, you are here. I'm, I, like, I have, I have goosebumps. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think you're the first. Yeah, you're the first that we're telling. I'm um, signing a virtual NDA. Don't worry. Yeah. <laughs> Perfect. <laughs> yeah. Um, it is. You know, we have spent the better part of two years developing this product. Um, sunscreens take a long time to develop, and there was a lot of pieces to this. There's um, the fact that we wanted the finish to be dewy. Um, we wanted it to be something you could layer makeup over. Um, so we wanted it to be useful, not something that's like thick zinc mineral sunscreen. You know, most zinc mineral sunscreens are like kind of thick or they pill when you wear your makeup. Um, it's just not functional. And we wanted something that you could use every single day. So it's not only uh, zinc based and mineral, but it is also got 
moisture boosting properties to it. So squalene in there, there's an antioxidant, which is glutathione, which is one of the most powerful antioxidants um, that your body actually produces naturally. And we ran clinical studies on it to prove that um, over the course of eight hours after wearing your sunscreen, your moisture improves by 135%. So even after eight hours, your skin is more moisturized than it was prior to the sunscreen, which is pretty rare because you think of sunscreen as almost chalky drying. Um, yeah. and drying. So we're really excited about it. And Nisha can tell you the name. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, so the sunscreen is going to be called Ghostbuster. Love we it. want people to not look like ghosts. <laughs> finally. Thank you. Finally, uh, finally. Also, thank you for putting in the name because everyone says like, you know, there are some sunscreens that like, you know, this doesn't leave white cast, but it's like, okay, but like, yeah, sometimes it works. Sometimes it is true. There are some out there, but not having all those benefits that you said, but the name that's so cool that you're kind of like alluding to it as well. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I think what's so what's so interesting about it is the the annoyance with mineral sunscreen permeates even beyond just skin of color, right? It's like anyone we've talked to has just been like it's pasty, right? It's thick. It's pore clogging. It's whatever, right? Gotta, like, just rub so it in and rub it in. Yes, so your skin yes. is abrased. Yeah. I mean, I remember the original mineral sunscreens came in that like puck, right? And you had to like, it was like paste. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and, you, and you were just like, but actually, you would actually face. go out with that because that was the idea like you meant to yeah. show the product but you know that doesn't work for someone like my color is like i can't yeah, yeah. So, <laughs> so yeah it doesn't always land yeah. yeah yeah so we just said like that is you know if there's one challenge we want to solve for everybody it is to not look like a ghost when you're wearing sunscreen oh, so <laughs> what a great name also i think like uh, kudos to you guys because when i hear people going into the world of spf i'm like I like, do you want to give yourself stress? Cause that's tough. Like, that's years of development, constant, yeah. you know, like uh, it's not, it's, it's not an easy skew to do, especially so early on. But I really also think with the kind of brand of Lion Pose in the future, it's a very important skew in the mix. I really appreciate that you took the initiative and effort to like really bring it at the earlier form, like stage of your MPDs, which I know is it's costly. It's not easy to do. But I think it, it's, um, I just want to give a nod to that to show like Thank how much you. respect I have for you guys as founders Thank to do you. that. Thank you. You yeah. know. I mean, it, we were oh, a little yeah. nuts for doing that. <laughs> yeah, like, yeah. A little bit nuts. Like but, we, we've even talked about it now just being like, yeah, we were a little crazy. Like, <laughs> but you did it. And you, and you did it actually pretty effectively because it could take years and years. And the fact that like, you know, you guys have managed to to do it as well is is no easy feat um, this, you know, this soon. I know it's, in, you're probably saying this soon, like it took years still, but it is in the grand scheme. People yeah. can take to master it many years but i think also that's where um it shows you guys are prioritizing skin health first right and you're thinking about what's important from a routine um and yeah that's super exciting so i i can't wait i'll, I'll make sure i'll put a link in the summary to the to everyone to check it out so you can yeah, literally awesome. shop and buy it in real time um oh, but great. i think it's i'm excited for everyone to experience it and uh, alongside myself if you're if you want to have a guinea pig in a in a lank, in a janky lab sample and send one to me before <laughs> Of I'm course. Oh, yeah, we got you. Uh, for for, for <laughs> yeah. anything, you know, you have a perfect guinea pig with a story to share. I'm always your ambassador. Um, <laughs> but uh, it is something that I'm just yeah, really excited for. Um, but I want to talk a little bit about Sephora. 
uh, as um, you know, uh, South Asian founders, both you know at Sephora, uh, it's it's always for me been that dream retailer. Um, and for me, I'm so grateful to see more South Asian brands like ours like entering the space because you know pre 2020 there weren't any really uh like ours uh what's it like and was Sephora always your kind of dream go-to like major retailer yeah Sephora was always on the list because when we talked to you know before this again we had another business and we talked to um customers from that prior business we asked where do you shop and they for skincare and it was Sephora so it was like hands down that was the first place people were going and they were going and asking some pretty critical derm questions. What do I do for eczema? What do I do for a rosacea? You know, and these are, these are, you know, Sephora sales team that are answering it. And so we were like, well, how do we help arm them with more information? How do we get there and make this a product that is readily available on the shelves where everybody's shopping, as opposed to inside a clinical office where not everybody is shopping or has access to, right? So our brand was always about... How do we bring the dermatology like in an accessible place, right? And Sephora mm-hmm. is phenomenal. They are just mm-hmm. so good at getting the word out and helping educate people about skin issues. Um, so they've just been an incredible partner. And I, Anisha, you could add to that. Yeah, I mean, at at the corporate level, they're they're just incredible partners. I think even at the field level, they're incredible partners. I think Madhu alluded to this too, is that the in-store teams at Sephora are some of the best, honestly, that I've seen in retail. I worked in retail myself. I worked at a Rite Aid in high school. I worked like as a cashier. I worked at a coach actually store in college. And so I've kind of seen retail, you know, in different veins, different industries, different price points. And I will say that that sales team at Sephora, like they're, yeah, the way that they're educated and the way that they come after and look at every single product um, on the shelf, how they work together, not just like brand by brand, but across all different available products in a very kind of problem solution oriented way, I think is is really different. It really is actually quite unique. Um, and and I think that's why they were sort of no, no-brainer partners for us on this because there is a heavy level of education required for our products. And I think it would not necessarily sell well in any retail channel. So I think that is something that we were really conscious of. I'm curious, like, you know, like while we know the importance of retail, like Sephora and these these channels, you guys are in a space as well where it's very dermatology, you know, dermatologist backed and can also exist in other spaces. You've have, you've had people buying 10 and, you know, putting it into their practices, et cetera. Is it something that you want to also keep an eye on the expansion into kind of more of the clinical side of the retail industry than just this kind of marketing brand side that can often be in these Ulta Sephora's? Because it can be hard sometimes to find the right consumer, you know, mix. Yeah, you know, it's very challenging to do so. So I'd say to answer your question, Mm. yes, we really, really want to do it. It is something that because we're so clinically focused and because we put that emphasis on creating all the products that we're creating is that they are absolutely great fits actually for products that derms could be recommending to their patients. And many of the derms that we've talked to are recommending it to their patients. I think where it becomes a little bit of a challenge is there is still a little bit of that visual identity thing, you know, with consumers that like what they expect to see in a dermatologist's office 
is oftentimes not pretty, right? It's not like a consumer facing, like beautiful, colorful product. Um, And so I do think there's still that challenge for us on the brand side of how to address what people expect in that setting versus what people expect in the Sephora setting, even though the product from a clinical um, efficacy standpoint is absolutely suited for both markets. So I think that's where, you know, we're still figuring things out, but it is a really fun challenge for us to be working through. And I guess bandwidth, like, you know, like uh, Sephora is no uh, small feat. They're very mighty in demand oh, yeah. and, you know, uh, <laughs> you and, know. and it's, yeah. So I, I asked the question because it's very similar to us in salon industry, right? It's like, you you know, it's 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 again like you know do i see the products live in salons we've had few people buy it and use it we've had um you know it could but then again like the salon is governed by a certain look and feel of products you know you're talking about the Kairostas, the l'oreal's the moroccanos you know does a fable remain sit and do we have the amount of skews and the sizes and the volume it, it, it gets and then i go back to bandwidth too so it's one of those things we both probably are on the same page where we're like it's important it's on the cards it will happen when it happens. It's just, and it has to work. And, and eventually when the industry catches up to making it more of an easier move and migration into it, because as you said, there are still some barriers that you have to wait for, uh, you know, some time. But uh, yeah, it's very interesting. So I guess I, I want to sort of end before we go to fire around with sort of what's on the future um, for you guys, both like, you know, personally, professionally, just sort of what are you excited for in 2024? For the company, just like really excited about, new SKUs. So we are working on a few more. And of course, like, you know, with that clinical angle, and so you can sort of imagine what you would look for if you were going to a doctor's office. Those are the things I'm excited about. Um, Personally excited about trying to figure out work-life balance. <laughs> yep. uh, is there ever figuring it out? I don't, I don't know. know. But yeah. <laughs> One step I don't know. I'm sort of like force yeah. jamming it in. I'll be like, yeah. I'm going to take a trip here and everyone else just figure it out around me. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and I'm going to take this it, other honestly, trip here. That really works sometimes, that and kind then, of escapism. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so I'm like jamming the work-life balance into <laughs> sections. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I'm looking forward to that. Taking a lot more trips this year. Yeah, I love it. Um, Yeah, I mean, I think, uh, you know, company wise, very much agree with Madhu. Personal wise, you know, I, I, we like talked about this a tiny bit in the beginning, but both of us are moms. I became a mom just last year, like in 2022. So we were actually in the middle of building this business um, when I was pregnant and gave birth to my daughter. So I feel like I'm like, right now in that in the midst of like the family planning version of my life in addition to you know this business and so it's like I have my home baby and my work baby and I'm just trying to figure out if I add another home baby to the mix will everything break you know that's where that's where I'm just you know it's there is it's always on my mind of how you know what what can we take on I I would love to think um that we can do it all and I think so far you know we have 10 balls in the air and they're somehow still doing the juggling thing. But, um, I, yeah, I think I, I worry about when it breaks, but I also have so much confidence and especially having a co-founder in this makes this all honestly so much more possible than it ever could be before. Like, yeah. I think it's relying on each other. And I think it's like, it's like, it's like that feeling of like, it's always healthy to question and like, think about these life choices we make, but ultimately you could do it all. 
and it will work out. Yeah. Like we are humans of true resilience and like we'll, we'll never let ourselves truly drown. Like we cannot, there's always ways. And especially when you have people by your side, like co-founders and stuff, it just helps us a little bit more to feel less lonely in those decisions. But uh, that's so exciting to, to, to kind of um, both, you know, like that's something I would love to, to add into my mix is, is the, the personal family side, like having kids and yeah. family. So um definitely enjoy those moments too because that's like the perfect escape from the, the craziness of the business that personally I, I don't have anywhere to escape to so when I go home I'm like well nothing I'm, I'm alone let's just continue working <laughs> no. I have my Lego and no. I have my work <laughs> that's all I have so, uh, so I'm pretty envious there but uh it's exciting but what are you looking guess, forward to just quickly I think for I me oh I think I would um I'm really looking forward to personally just growing and developing as a, a CEO and, and a leader because I think I'm really open to just dealing with everything that comes my way and, and getting stronger on it but yeah I think that that too, and I would love to settle down you know maybe have a relationship and uh I'm dating a bit now so that's pretty good nice first in a while I've been single pretty much my whole life so that's not very good um and yeah I think making some space for some personal life growth as well that's, that's wonderful for. and traveling a Love bit more it. i just did a, a mountain base everest base camp i want to do many more so uh i'll do oh, patagonia cool. and kilimanjaro this year that's on my mm, do that before goal. you have kids yeah 100 <laughs> percent. that's why i'm like the kids are years and later so i'll, I'll i'm I'm, I know. I'm gonna I'm use like, uh, when am i gonna go to patagonia now. Yeah, yeah. The only so Patagonia is a jacket Patagonia. for me. So. Yeah, uh, I go. I've only been only to the stores, and now I'm, I'm planning to go to the actual place. That's my that's my next. That's plan. great. Uh, <laughs> Love it. Love it. So, um, I we're gonna go to fire round questions. This is first thing that comes to your mind. So I'll start with um, I'll change it up. So Madhu, you go first for the first question. What's another beauty brand that you're currently loving right now? And of course, Fable and Man, we know. But like, no, if not, if it's not our brands, what's a brand that you're loving? Oh, um, this is going to sound like such a cop out because I know everyone has been using it, but rare beauty, uh, I've been like oh, yeah. really into them. Um, I'm like actually wearing their highlighter right now. And every time I wear it, my daughter is like, mommy, you're glowing. <laughs> and I was like, yeah. So, you know, to get a compliment like that, it's pretty awesome. I also just love what Selena's doing with like the mental health aspect of things. Like she really... Yes took it to another level. Um, and I really appreciate, you know, talking openly about that stuff. So oh, that's amazing. And how about you, Nisha? Honestly, I, I was like, I feel like mine's kind of a cop out too, but Fenty has really been yeah. a, a big purchase category for me. Like the last during the BI sale and all the holiday sales that are going on. That's probably where I've been splurging the most. I think yeah. I, I tend to go very light on makeup. And so when I do buy makeup products, I think I try to look for stuff that's like truly unique and different. Um, what I got really excited about recently actually was the under eye concealer and the fact that, so I have really dark eye circles, which I know like many people of color also have to deal yeah. with. Um, and one of the things I learned most recently is that the red color correcting for dark eye circles actually works really well for people with my kind of undertones. So yeah. um, Fenty is one of like two cosmetics brands, I think, that have that like orangey red under eye concealer because, you know, they mm. thought about what what other people of different skin tones require um, for yeah. color correction. And so I was pretty blown away by that. And similarly, I think their, their bronzers um, and contouring sticks and such are just really more suited towards a variety of skin tones, which I just loved. No, really true inclusivity from day one is what Fenty has done and champion. So I'm, I'm not surprised there. Um, my next question, Nisha, I'll stay with you. What are wearing 
is your happy place? With family? I was like, that's I don't know. Yeah. Is that a cop out yeah. again? That, no, it's know. not. That, that's a true <laughs> answer. There's no cop out. There's just the true answer. The first thing that comes to your mind. So that's your answer. And I think yeah. it's such a beautiful place, right? That's where you feel the most happiest and yeah. at home. So I love that. Especially now, you have, you have, your family's grown recently. So that's yeah. exciting. Yeah. Um, <laughs> how about you, Madhu? What's your, where is your happy place or what's your happy place? Oh, now I feel bad because I didn't say my like family and it's kids, okay. but um, <laughs> the first, like, I'll be really that's honest. A given. That's a good one. <laughs> the, the first thing that came to mind is the yoga studio because, yeah. um, well, sadly, I haven't been there in a while, but like, again, like lion pose is, a, it's a yoga pose and yoga's historically been like a really big part of my life. Um, more because I'm just, I'm just the type of person that like cannot meditate, like sit down and meditate, like, you know, quietly. Um, cause then I just get like all the thoughts in my head and it, and then I start overthinking and getting more anxiety. So I need like moving meditation and that's what mm-hmm. yoga is for me. So if I'm moving, then I'm just distracting my mind such that I cannot think. Right. And then after the hour, it feels like, Oh, I'm so refreshed. Like I don't, I don't have anything in my head, you know? And that's why I think that's my happy place. I love that. The yoga studio. Yeah. It's a, it's it's a very happy place for me too. Again, I don't go there often. I think everyone has the same thing. They they love the yoga studio, but they don't go as often as as they feel (laughs) they should. It's a very common thing. Don't worry. You're not alone there. (laughs) Um, My next question, um, I'll stick with you. What is your hidden talent? Um, well, Nisha, Nisha knows like pretty much everything about me. So it's not that hidden anymore, but, um, beatboxing is my what? hidden talent. No way. Yeah. It's Wait, like can weird, you give us but... like 10 seconds of beatboxing? Can oh my I God. Get... I haven't beatboxed in like 10. It's like fine. 10 if it's bad, I'll cut it um, out. If it's great, I'll keep it in. Okay. Um, <laughs> yeah. Okay. <laughs> so funny. Um, but do you, I don't know if you know that song, like Aaliyah, um, like a very old song. Um, yeah. You know, like, boy, I've been watching you like a hawk in the sky. So that the beat to that is. Love it. Hey, you you definitely pulled that out of the bag. I'm keeping that in. That's great. (laughs) (laughs) Well, Nisha, I don't know if you can top that. Do you have, what's your hidden talent? (laughs) Actually, Madhu knows this about me too, but most people do not, um, is I, I'm a black belt in Taekwondo. What? No way. Yeah. Both my brothers and I did martial arts growing up and I think it's shaped a lot of who I am. And I think just gave me a ton of confidence as a kid that then, you know, transferred into adulthood. I really, really want my, my kids to do martial arts too. I think it's just like discipline and confidence and general badassery that is just really that's, fun i got to green belt blue that blue thing that's what that's yeah. as far as i got i didn't do the whole thing i i, I know, the, the, also the, the korean good. was hard like it was it was it was like a you know to be doing but i got that i got quite far i was pretty proud of myself uh but black <laughs> Man, well I'm done. not going to get insane. into a fight with either of you. No, 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 no. You can get in a fight with me because I'm terrible. But like, uh, uh, <laughs> yeah, both I have of not us practiced yeah. in over a decade. So. Like, doesn't matter. Like, you're black belt. Take it but, with a grain of salt. But I do get it. It's like me saying like, I'm like grade eight piano and everyone's like, no way, play something. I'm like, uh, okay, I should stop saying it's that because to be time. honest, yeah. like, <laughs> I maybe know for a lease and that's about it. Uh, yeah. <laughs> you know more than that. Yeah. <laughs> um, my last question, Nisha, I'll stick with you first, is if you weren't a beauty entrepreneur or, you know, what would you be doing right in this moment? Oh man. Um, 
okay, one of two things. I'm going to cop out and do two answers. One of two things. Either contemplating running for a local office of Ooh, sorts. That's yes. Cool. Or, or running someone's campaign for a local office. I'm just like, mm-hmm. I love politics. I love being involved, I think, in my community. And that's why my second answer actually would be probably running a philanthropy of sorts. So I think one of those two things, it would need to be something giving back. I think the reality is, is yeah. my second act at some point in the future will, will be, be this. one of those things. Exactly. Yes. That's why, I, that's why I, I mean, I'm very similar to you. Uh, so I, I, and you will do it. It's just uh, when, let's see. Exactly. Now you're in the midst <laughs> when, of this brand. When finances so, allow. Step, yeah, when, step at a time. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. When the reality allow. is when finances allow. Yeah, that's the truth. You have to be, yeah, you have to be a bit open eyes there and be like, yeah, that's the reality. Um, yeah. But how about you, Madhu? Um, so my fifth grade yearbook uh, said I would want to be a singer or a businesswoman. And I think I still want to be one of those. And so um, probably Why will, not both? Yeah, maybe, you know, work-life balance. Maybe I'll take yeah. some time off to sing. But um, So do you sing? Yeah, on the side I do. Well? I do oh, sing. Well, I do sing. I haven't been singing in a while, but I used we to. We have that in common. Perform. Oh my gosh, no way. Yeah. I would love. I used, to be, I used to busk on the streets in London and I used to, <gasps> I, have so, I have a song with, embarrassingly, it's like a cover, but it's got a million plus streams on uh, what? Spotify. Yeah. What? Uh, so I, I just, have to look yeah. this up. The, oh, you, you know, like my name song? when I, oh, it, no, that was like a wrecking ball cover. Like, uh, but I actually, because I got my cool. following initially on social media when I got viral, I went viral on an Ariana Grande cover on Facebook and <gasps> had like, 50,000 shares. You know, when there's like, when it gets really that viral. That is so cool. Yeah. yeah I, I was nearly working with Sony. And it was amazing. But then I quickly oh, realized I was, I was like, I was, I was, I was okay. And I think that's like such a horrible feeling to feel as a singer when you feel like you are okay. You, yes. you feel how hard it actually is. And I knew yes. the industry could be like how you're marketed. You didn't have to be the best singer to be successful. But when you know the beginning journey is all about touring and grinding and that singing yes. environment, like you then have to be feeling you're the best. And I just felt, nah, I think I'm a better entrepreneur than I am a singer. So I went down Correct. that Correct. Yeah. Know? You know what's so crazy is like the reality of realizing that singing has worse work-life balance than oh, being an entrepreneur, yeah. <laughs> right? No, no. Um, you know, yeah. cause you think about singing, you're just like, oh, I love to do that. That's like passion. Everyone says, do what you're passionate about. But that's like, when you actually think about whether you could functionally do that as a human being, it's so hard. So I have like tremendous respect for, for singers. Cause like, it's not what it looks like, you know, no. they're in tour buses all the time. They're on yeah. the road. They're away from their and families. The, the money like, now with streaming and stuff, you know, you only really make significant money from um, tours, which are very hard to sell out and you get very little yeah. money even yeah. from that with your tour operator. So like, it's something that like, um, you have to have immense passion above anything because it's a very difficult industry. But when you make it, it's obviously like the rewards are incredible, but very yeah. few do. And that's why it's tough. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Like, Just like make it, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, like entrepreneur. Yeah. Oh, so, yeah. To be fair, we're switching one thing for another. Like, so, yeah. so for, for, my day, for you to do both of those things, like, you know, you've chosen. No, the no, two no. One I wouldn't hardest. do both. <laughs> yeah, Absolutely wouldn't do time. both. But, that, but basically yeah. my, my point was when I was younger, I wanted to be one or one or the other and I kind of stuck to it. And now, yeah. I mean, if I wasn't doing a beauty startup, you would do um, a singer. I'd be doing another, well, I'd be doing another startup. No. 
really. And, and then, okay, yeah, yeah. And then um, you know, singing on the side because I just yeah. I realized and karaoke it's too night hard. the other day. It's also yes, exactly yeah. karaoke and startup. Yeah. That's fine. Startup. I love that. <laughs> well, guys, it's been such a pleasure speaking to you guys. Loved every minute of our conversation. Like, we're going to have to do a part two later, you know, in a, in a year or something or two, because I'm sure there's going to be a whole new story to tell at that time. But for those that want to continue following the journey, where can they follow both your personals and your the brand Lion Pose's socials? What are the handles? Um, so online on social, we are at Lion Pose. And my personal is at Mads Punjabi. And my personal is at Nisha.Patak. Amazing. Well, I'll put all the links so people can just literally tap straight away. And uh, I can't wait to just, you know, we're just going to, after this, we're going to do our Zooms, connect, meet in person. Like our friendship is, is going to continue. But um, <laughs> uh, so I'm, I'm excited to be on the journey and uh, just want to say thank you for hosting this space with me and for sharing all your wisdom with everyone. And congrats to you. We are so proud of what you've built. So, so proud. I grew up oiling my hair and going to school with that oil and this one smells so much better so I put it in my oh. daughter's hair <laughs> that was not going to have like, the trauma that I it's did it's going to smell good and <laughs> no, like, honestly we both created the products that we both like from childhood like we needed in our existence yeah. so you know this is for also the younger versions of ourselves what we're doing but also the future is to come so that's what we're doing thank you so much for creating it hope you enjoyed this episode of founded beauty as much as i had making it and if you did please share it with a friend who you think will love it too founded beauty is available on all podcast platforms such as apple Podcasts, spotify amazon music Podcasts, the acast app and many more and i'm also very proud to be part of the acast creator network so be sure to follow the podcast so you can get episodes as soon as they drop we really appreciate every single follow listen share and review it truly goes such a long way and helps us reach new listeners. Stay tuned for the next episode of Found the Beauty and don't forget to subscribe and follow so you can be notified when it drops.